0: Snuff Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's
1: Dream Club. Hey, welcome to the Dream Club. I'm Linda Mariano and Brooke Boney's here. And each week we bring you the most important moments in culture and we dissect them right in front of your eyes. <laughs> Inside your ears. (laughs) That's sounds dissecting. We're surfing that wax. (laughs) Hey, what are we going to dissect this week? Hey, this week we're going to talk about the legacy of Carla Zampatti. RIP, a true icon. We're also going to be talking about Britney Spears' reaction to the New York Times documentary Framing Britney.
0: And I'm going to tell you about a purchase that I made that I do not feel guilty about because guess what? It's secondhand and it's from Depop.
1: Bam. But before we get into it, of course, I want to start this chat by shouting out to some absolute dreamy sweethearts on the Dream Club podcast Instagram. Loretta, you sent in such a cute message. So last week we were talking about the... Tiny, gentle gestures that your person might do for you. So Brooke was talking about how her boyfriend would drive over the speed hump and he would take the biggest hump of the part and then he (laughs) would make sure that your ride was super smooth. So only one of the sides of the car would go over the hump. And Loretta, you wrote in, my boyfriend does a thousand gentle gestures a day, I'm sure, but one of my favourites is when he changes the shower temp before I get in. He loves super hot showers, but I can't handle them. That is so considerate. That is so
0: sweet. So she doesn't burn her little noggin when she gets into the shower. I love
1: that so much. I love a scalding shower. Um, And
0: what about this good girl? Joanna sent us a message saying that she just listened to the first episode while she was cleaning her room. That's something we can all aspire
1: to. That is something we can aspire My to. It's room been a is while. Absolute pig We've right talked now. about this before. Yeah, the, the wardrobe has vomited. Yeah, clothes everywhere. It's embarrassing for everyone. Let's get into it. Brooke and Linda's Dream Club.
0: So we're going to start Dream Club this week just honouring the legacy of an absolute icon, Carla Zampatti. She's a fashion designer, but she's so much more than that. She had a fall at the opera at La Traviata on Sydney Harbour a couple of weeks ago and unfortunately um, didn't recover and passed away. So if you don't know who this incredible woman is, you are about to be inspired She was a single mum. She was a migrant to Australia from Italy. She started from literally nothing and grew this huge brand that, you know, the most famous women in Australia and abroad Mm. have
1: worn. She was someone that in the media and in person, and I know, Brooke, you encountered her a few times, she exuded elegance that came through not only in her as a person but also through her designs which have lived for decades and decades and have been passed on to her daughters and her family and it's been this sudden devastating loss for like you said not only the Australian fashion industry for what it means for us and abroad but Who she was as a person, that symbol of, like, multiculturalism, Mm. the matriarch of Australian fashion.
0: Absolutely. So let me just describe to you what she looks like every time I see her at something. Um, She's very small in stature and she wears these huge sunglasses that are really elegant. You know, they're, they're different each time. And she always has perfect hair. Like, I'm talking... Uh, manicured to within an inch of its life. Like, it is so perfect. It's
1: a bit of an Anna Wintour-style eleganza bob, isn't it?
0: Yeah, she's so cool and she always says hello and I, I, I really regret not sort of engaging more with her, but it's mm-hmm. hard when you see people like that who have such a huge persona and, and such a huge um, legacy because you, I don't know, I feel like I don't want to, like I'm not worthy of engaging with <laughs> We're them not worthy, Carl, properly. not worthy, properly. Yeah, but she was such a pioneer for so many reasons. I mean, she left her husband because she said that he was treating her poorly and he was aggressive towards her and she was scared for her life. And um, so she... Packed up her small child. I think he was nine months old. Mm. Um, she had to hand over all of her fashion business um, to her husband and start from scratch. And so you look at this tiny woman with this huge amount of strength, and she's just like a beacon of of hope and and hard work and and all of those things that we sort of hold dear as Australian values. And she's a migrant, Linda. She's I know Italian. This was,
1: was she's an Italian stallion and. When she passed away, when it came out in the media, I got a call from someone who was really, really sad, who I did not think I was going to hear from, and I can't believe I didn't make the connection early enough, but my dad called me, and it's because so my dad is also an Italian migrant. He kind of had the same story as Carla where the family immigrated when the kids were about 9, 10, 11 years old, came to Australia, started, you know, the Australian life, the better life, and started learning a trade. And when he came up in hairdressing, he had his community in Sydney of these, like, flamboyant Italian hairdressers, and he said that every time there would be a new season of fashion or if there was a musical that was in town, they would always look at what those iconic people were doing. And Carla Zampatti's looks and what she represented to the Italian community was so exciting to them because for them they had felt like outcasts. So when my dad came to Australia, he was like 11 years old, couldn't speak properly and so when he came up in the hairdressing trade and in that fashion industry, they felt so proud and they were so excited about someone like Carla Zampatti that they would look to her and see what her styles were from season to season. And also, and it's something that she would talk about in interviews, when She was in Italy as a child. When you step out the door, how you look and how you're presented and that idea of what fashion is really, really was at the forefront of your mind whereas in Australia that idea of fashion, that role that it played didn't really exist Mm. and she brought that kind of Italian elegance, grace and flamboyance and I think it really excited and inspired the whole community.
0: And it, it, it like, I love hearing that so much because, you know, there's those stories of like true perseverance of, you know, like yeah. being down to your last $5, but not only having like yourself to look after, but small children as well, but still having a dream and, and chasing it no matter what, like that takes true grit. And, you know, you look at this tiny woman and think, wow, she had all of that. Inside of her, and that the whole community looked up to her is just so, so wonderful. So, guess what, dreamers? We've all got a little bit of grit inside us, and we can look to someone like Carlos and Patty um, and as
1: proof of that. Next up, Brookie, I want to talk to you about Britney because the Framing Britney Spears documentary that was done by the New York Times came out a few weeks ago. There's been a lot of talk around the Free Britney movement, what's been happening in the court case, and Britney Spears herself has responded to this documentary in this last week as well. What do we want? Free Britney! When do we want it? Now! When I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. But every day you learn more and you gain more wisdom from that. Why is she still in this? Why is her dad making all of her decisions? If we want to do a quick roundup of what the doco is, it's basically outlines the path from Britney Spears going from a young girl in the church choir in Kentwood in Louisiana, having this girl-next-door appeal, going into the Mickey Mouse Club, signing a record deal, releasing Baby One More Time and just exploding into stardom. Huge. Huge. And, you know, from that point, all eyes were on her, from her relationships with Justin Timberlake and Kevin Federline to her incidents with fighting over children's custody battles with Kevin as well to her incidents with the paparazzi and the way the media have totally Mm. just gone in on her in a way that I'm sure we're going to get into in this chat. And of course, the conservatorship, which is at the heart of the Free Britney movement. Since 2008, so for the last 12 years, Britney has been under a legal conservatorship by her father. So that is where someone... Literally has control over your life. It's like giving someone the power of attorney on Mm -hmm. steroids. So Mm -hmm. they take over not only your house, your estate, your finances, but all your personal affairs. So, you know, she has a credit card. He can cut it off at any time. And by he, I mean her father, Jamie, who has control of her conservatorship. And she has spoken out and said she's scared of her father. She doesn't want him to be in control of it. Why is he in control of it? And she has been appealing to get this power revoked and he has not been standing down.
0: So these sorts of conservatorships, they're normally reserved for people who are, like, in a coma, who have, like, dementia who yes. basically have absolutely no way that they can control the, you know, the, all of the dealings of their own life. You know, they can't sort of go to Medicare or they can't sort of put themselves on the bus and they are go otherwise into town incapable. to the library. They're totally incapable. So to think that this woman who was touring writing music, or maybe not writing music, definitely performing music, going, you know, she had a residency now, in she Las writes. Vegas. She's,
1: I've, I've, I checked the song credits. She's a, She's a writer. She's a writer. On She's a writer Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Um, she was performing these huge shows at her residency in in Vegas. To say that someone like that would need a conservatorship is a bit preposterous. And even worse than that is that it just keeps getting continued Mm. from when she had that public meltdown, which we've all seen the pictures of and which you will see in the doco as well, which you can watch right now on Nine Now. Um, and, you know, those, those really, really disturbing images of her shaving her head and laughing about it, looking in the mirror. Do you know what really struck me as mm. I was watching it is that the way we accept or, um, you know, the way that we allow young women to be treated not only by, like, paparazzi, by the people who were interviewing them. Like, there were these gu- guys, like, older, much older men, asking her questions about her sexual history,
1: about whether or not she was a virgin, about her breasts. She was a teenager. It made me feel sick watching that stuff. There were two, like, main themes of that doco that really made me feel disgusted and so sad and heartbroken and it was those interview moments of so we need to talk about what everybody's talking about your breasts are Mm. they real you know are you a virgin talking to Justin Timberlake so did you sleep with her and then all the bros clapping when he reveals that he did have sex with her it's those moments and then you see the paparazzi swarming on her Mm. just absolutely haunting her
0: how can we treat young women like this. Like, they're teenagers. They barely have the comprehension to be able to, like, drive a car or to be able to, like, drink or, like, to consent to sex. Like, how have we allowed young women, and this isn't the first time, I mean, we've seen it all come out recently with Lindsay and Paris Hilton, um, the Olsen twins, um, Demi Lovato, Yeah, all of these women who are fa- following their dreams and, and, you know, becoming huge pop stars or actresses or whatever, and then... They're treated like this by old men in in these forms it's disgusting. It's They're, so
1: gross. And and within this documentary you'll see as well there are some wonderful pieces from journalists that were reporting on her at the time and and reporting now where they talk about how there is a you know to state the obvious this amazingly misogynist framework that exists within the pop world it existed then it exists now still. And if you want to step into that or if you enable that in any way, you can run a mile with it. Mm. And, you know, her photos at the time were selling for a million dollars. So, of course, she's trying to go about her normal life and you've got people preying on her.
0: It's terrible. It's so, so sad. So her next court date Mm. is on the 27th of April and she wants to firstly get her dad taken um, off uh, the conservatorship and, you know, maybe handed it over to someone else who's uh, like separate from, from yep. the family. She's and
1: applying from, for a third party bank.
0: Yes. And um, for a different lawyer as mm-hmm. well, which is like a really important part of the process. Because you have to remember that at this point, she's not allowed to choose her doctors, not allowed to choose her lawyers. She can't choose who she hangs out with. Like all of this stuff that we just take for granted. You know, when you think about that, like sort of on the surface, you're like, oh, well, who cares? She's got heaps of money. But this is a grown-ass woman who can't decide what she does with her own life. Like when she sees her children, how she goes on holidays, how she spends her money, even though she's making a lot of bank and a lot of these people are profiting from it.
1: So within this documentary, you'll notice that Britney Spears doesn't have a voice in it. She doesn't actually get interviewed. She doesn't speak to camera. It surrounds the people that are within her path to like Success and failure, they talked to the paparazzi, they talked to the people that were her assistants, her backup dancers, the journalists, the pop culture enthusiasts, people of the Free Britney movement. And until now, Britney hasn't really responded. However, she put something up on Instagram basically saying that she cried for two weeks.
0: She also said she didn't watch the whole thing, that she's just seen clips. And so I wonder – and this is me just being a little bit cynical. I wonder who showed her, how, what parts they showed her and how she could – you know, because it's she's like, my life has always been judged. You know, people have always speculated. I haven't seen it, but I, I sort of don't want to. And so I think – it sort of feels that maybe she doesn't get that everyone's on her side and no one's trying to make her look silly, that yeah. we actually just want her to have more freedom.
1: Yeah, because some of the pull quotes from what she put on her Instagram alongside her dancing to Steve Tyler, Aerosmith, she says, I didn't watch the documentary but what she's seen of it has left her embarrassed by the light they put me in. Um, and I kind of agree with you. Like this documentary is framed in a way that is clearly on Britney's side and putting myself in her shoes. If I saw something that really showed the kind of trauma and destruction of my life in a chronological order, it would make me sad. I would probably cry for two weeks on end because it it is a heartbreaking trajectory that you get to witness through this documentary. Fingers crossed. Hashtag free Britney. Yep. And she's refusing to work until her dad steps down. Suck on that, Jamie. Yeah, suck on that because we need to get some more (coughs) Slave For You vibes in there.
0: (laughs) Brooke Boney. Linda Mariano. Bringing you The Dream Club okay Lindy, are you ready for a very cute surprise um, so I'm gonna show you something that I bought and no I'm I don't ready. feel guilty about it actually I feel quite good about it. Let me um, show you this beautiful picture okay <gasps> I bought these sunglasses oh my God okay um, these this is with the criteria before I went before I thought about it. I wanted something that was super comfortable. I wanted something that was going to protect my eyes from the sun. And also I wanted like sort of cat eye shape, but not the ones that everyone's been wearing. And so then I thought to myself, ah, oh, I wish I could find like a pair of those old Oakley minute sunglasses in like a
1: burgundy These or a are black. These are divine. These are anyway. so divine. So picture classic Oakley sunglasses. So with that kind of Cat, but more almost like frog shaped eye, quite almond eye in shape, actually, with a blood red frame and gold lenses. And well, no, I, I think they're
0: more like a brown, like a darker because gold makes it sound like they're sparkly or sort of. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're a caramel. A Car- caramel lens. Caramel. Anyway they're pretty lovely and i'm pretty excited about it and i think the reason that i feel so good about buying them is because they're second hand so i found them on this marketplace which is called depop it's an app definitely go and check it out if you love buying things but don't want to contribute more to uh wastage Mm. because people from all over the world are like selling cool stuff and so i bought a pair of baggy levi's jeans I know, we love
1: them. They're so
0: good from like the Janet Jackson film clip, Together Again. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely go and Google that because that is a little treat for you. But I think it's really important that we stop buying brand new things, don't you think?
1: Yeah, this this ain't no new idea, but it's one that I need battered into my head. I've been trying to stop myself buying stuff in this last year, especially because, as you know, Brooke, I'm meant to be overseas and so I don't want extra things to have to bring back in my suitcase. So I've been like, I'm going to work with what I've got here in this country. Less is more. Let's do it. Go and check out Depop and thank me later. Dream
0: club. You should be wearing sunscreen. Lindy, um, I'm going to go straight off the back of my Depop bragging into um, telling you what my uh, Dream Club update this week is and that is that I'm getting older and I want to buy a house someday and so I need to save,
1: basically. Is this you just trying to be, make sure that you're accountable for was, saving money? Yes. So
0: that was my last purchase for a while.
1: Okay. What do you so do you- even
0: though I bought the jeans and the sunnies, they're going to have to last me now. Because uh, guess what? I'm I'm on the saving train. You're on the I'm saving train. I'm not on the saving
1: train. train anymore. All right. So have you got a plan? Are you just gonna like I have to try not to do some
0: research? Like, but you know, everyone's always like pack your lunch or don't catch Ubers. Like some of that's just not realistic.
1: Yeah. What does that mean for So Brookie?
0: I'm gonna have a real hard think about it and <laughs> set some Brooke's goals. Just sit and think.
1: <laughs> I'm hey, thinking about do you know saving. What my goal is this week <laughs> to have a sit and a think. <laughs> I do that too. I'm going to have a sit and a think and I'm going to think and I'm going to sit. What else is there to do? It's a sit. Or a sink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I know it's your birthday coming up Yes, so, exactly So like,
0: you're going to be spending money So I'm going to be making a raise. Yeah, alright No sinking for me Hey, do you know what, Lindy? What I need is some tips from people If you've got a tip, you know, it's just some strategies you use to save money So that we can one day buy a house in this godforsaken country Where oh. a single bedroom house will cost a billion yep. dollars Then please send it through
1: Yeah, we want a good little tip Not just to pack your lunch
0: If you tell me to pack my
1: lunch, I'm going <laughs> to hunt you down <laughs> I <I'll laughs>
0: Back for your lunch. <laughs> you better believe I'm going to make you a Devon sandwich and send you to school with it.
1: We didn't get Devon sandwiches at school. We got um mortadella.
0: Mortadella is Devon,
1: is, is it? it? It is. It's, <laughs> it's the mortadella, same. Mortadella,
0: Mortadella and Devon are it's literally the same thing.
1: So, it's something pounded through a sausage. Through so some maker sort of big it. grinder. Yeah,
0: and then everyone's like. Oh, I'm going to this fancy restaurant and having mortadella. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> that's just Devin. Like, uh, I love it and I'm not criticizing that it's there. But don't try to mortadella,
1: mortadella. me with your…
0: Like, you know when you get some dude and he's like… I don't know.
1: I'm just like making up a Dude, You're literally talking about your favourite restaurant and I know what you're talking about. And it's us that go there and we order the mortadella. So before you sit here on your high horse and say, oh, these people ordering the mortadilla. No, that's us. but also
0: you're Italian. So we're allowed that's to. That's true. We're allowed. But also, why did I refer to us as guys?
1: You know, you get these guys. <laughs> you get these guys. You get these big dudes coming in and ordering their fancy mortadella. You get these big sexy guys coming in. <laughs> these big jacked up dudes ordering their mortadella <laughs> on a pizza with pistachio. Oh, yes. That's us. Let's go get some mortadella right now. <laughs> I'm so angry. Speaking of loving on our mortadella <laughs> deliciousness. Sorry. Um, My Dream Club update for this week is that I am really proud of where I've come from. And I mean that in kind of the holistic sense of I think I noticed it so much over the weekend where our family came together and we're kind of like this little misfit of cultures. So like mum's got the Chinese Malaysian side and she brings, you know, food from that from that ilk to our family feasts. Dad's Italian, so he makes a big pasta bake. My brother's wife is from Thailand and she makes all these amazing like Thai curries and special like Thai desserts and things that we have. And I think when I was growing up, and I think I remember it specifically around primary school and around the first half of high school, where I would feel ashamed is maybe too strong a word, but not really proud of that clash of cultures. And I wouldn't really talk about it at school and I kind of sometimes hide what I was having for lunch because it would maybe be weird, like conceived as weird and even like lying about or definitely feeling ashamed that I didn't feel like an Australian in the white Australian way and that I didn't have that kind of surfy culture growing up and we didn't live like by the water and we didn't have um, a holiday home that we would go to on the weekend and I felt kind of inadequate because of that. And now looking on it and seeing the way my nephews go to school and they have to talk about, you know, their favourite place in the world and my nephew did a speech on how he loves going to Thailand and visiting his grandmother. Oh, that's so cute. It made me feel so happy that we get to champion, you know, who you are and the context you come from and that, yeah, it's it's okay and really nice to have all the different colours and cultures and things like that and that it was maybe young of me to not feel proud of that because now I'm at a stage in my life where I'm like, hell yeah give me the mortadella and the Thai oh, and the coconut. coconut curry.
0: Okay this is a great plan for next week we need to get your father's recipe for that pasta bake because I saw it on your Insta story and it looks
1: delicious <laughs> it looks so good. Oh I'll just bring you some, there's so much leftover. Oh please,
0: please make my dreams come true
1: Okay, let's do it, let's do it. Dorker um, is, is it? it Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listener.